that kind of had a uh, little country flair to it, didn't it? I, I was wondering why you rednecks were clapping at that, so, you know. Scottsdale's filled with that. You ever notice that? I mean, we look so good on the outside, and then I get to know all of you, and you're just rednecks at heart. You're like from... Montana or Ohio like me, and I'm like, who are we kidding? We're rednecks, and we love music like that. So, hey, great job, Troy. Do that again. Hey, uh, I was uh, asked a few weeks ago to speak today on baptism. We have a lot of baptisms going on at all of our campuses and venues, and I, uh, I, I, so I thought, well, that'll be easy. I mean, you know, speak on baptism. So I, I went into my uh, history of sermons, 10 years of sermons here, and about 15 years of sermons before I came here. So I got a quarter of a century of sermons, and I have not one sermon. I didn't have one that was just on baptism, and that stunned me. So as Neil mentioned, I was in the, uh, the Holy Land this past week. We were leading a tour there, and I actually stayed back from the group on Monday, and it was actually kind of a, a wonderful moment between God and I. I'm, I'm in a hotel room in Jerusalem, uh, overlooking the holy city, and I spent the whole day in my hotel room just putting together a, a shorter message because of time today uh, on baptism. So if you've ever been confused at all or even wondering, you know, why we do the baptisms, what they're about, then uh, today is going to be your day. If that doesn't interest you at all, then, well, this just isn't your day. So we're going to dive in right now, <laughs> and I hope you stay with me because it's a glorious day for what's going to happen here at our church. So uh, why don't you bow with me and let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, this day, a day that we can gather as the church, uh, God, and the freedom of our country. Lord, there were, as you know, two uh, bombings overseas uh, last night uh, of churches in Egypt. Uh, they were meeting to celebrate Palm Sunday and uh, ISIS went after them. And Lord, we pray for their families and for those churches that your presence and your power uh, would be upon them. And Lord, even in the future, your protection. Uh, God, we're blessed in this country. We have the freedom to meet and to talk about the things that are meaningful to us in our faith. And so I pray, God, that as we do that now and, and plumb the depths of, of what your word says about baptism, that God, there would not be one of us here, not one of us here today, uh, that has any misunderstanding about it and can share in the joy of what's going to happen in this place in just a few moments. So uh, we yield this time to you in our lives as well, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and we all say together, amen. amen. So it was the uh, summer of 1983. I had been a follower of Jesus for just about 18 months. I was home from my freshman year of college, uh, spending the summer in my hometown of Chagrin Falls, Ohio, and I was attending a small little Bible church about three miles outside of the village. And that summer, the pastor met with me uh, once a week, all summer long, and, and discipled me. And, and I'll never forget, about halfway through the summer, he asked me one night when he was discipling me if I had been baptized. And I said, oh yes, I've been baptized twice. Once as a baby in a Protestant church that my parents were attending at that time, and then again when I was 12. And the pastor asked me, why did you get baptized when you were 12? And I said, well, I wasn't into God or Jesus or anything like that. There was this cute little blonde that I went to school with, and she was attending this youth group, and so I followed her to youth group, and before I knew it, I was telling them the things that I wanted to hear and getting baptized, but I was really following her, not Jesus. And as soon as that relationship went south, I left the church, and I haven't been back until now. 
And so the pastor kind of smiled, and then for the next half hour, he explained to me what the Bible says about baptism, what I'm going to explain to you today. And we decided at our meeting that I needed to get baptized one last time now as an intentional follower of Jesus. I can remember going home that night and asking my dad and mom over dinner if they would be willing this next Sunday to come to my baptism. They didn't go to church much back then, so I knew they were available. And I'll never forget, my dad looked up from dinner, and he was thinking, I know he was, about the two other times I've been baptized. And my dad looked up and he said, is this it? And I said to him, I said, Dad, third time's a charm. I promise this is it. And my parents came to my baptism that weekend, and I can still remember them out in the crowd like you guys watching me get baptized for a third and final time. And it was a glorious and wonderful and unforgettable day when I was 19 years old. So let me ask you, based on that story, what do you think made it such a wonderful and unforgettable experience for me? And what did the pastor explain to me that day from the Bible that caused me to get, choose to get baptized for a third and final time? We're going to baptize close to 75 people on our various campuses this weekend, and I'm concerned that, that we all understand what this is about and why it's such a defining moment, a momentous occasion for each of these people and even our church. Neil mentioned earlier that we were in the Holy Land this week and we baptized about 40 people in the Jordan River. Here's a picture of it. And it was quite a moment, the same river that Jesus was baptized in by John the Baptist. And here we are along the banks of the Jordan and we baptized about 40 people that day. And some of them chose to get baptized just because it was the Jordan River. And that was pretty cool. But others of them shared with me how this was the very first time Time they had been baptized. And again, the question I have for you is why? What is that about? Before we get to our baptisms here today, I want to ask and answer three critical questions that appear on your outline there that I believe will help us all forever understand this ancient Christian practice and why we do it. Three questions, what I'm going to call a why question, a who question, and a when question. Why, who, and when. And I'm telling you, in about 15 to 20 minutes when we're done with this, you will forever know what we do here and why we do it. So first and and most straightforward, why baptism? And it's a threefold answer that the Bible gives. And so the first answer is simply this. And that is that baptism is an act of obedience to the command of Christ. Did you know that? First and foremost, the reason we get baptized is because Jesus told us to get baptized. And even more than that, he commanded us to get baptized. He couldn't have been more clear. Look at what he said to his followers after his resurrection and shortly before his ascension into heaven. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, Jesus is speaking and he says this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What most commentators point out about this passage is that it's 
filled with commands that all surround the primary mission of the church, and that is to make disciples. But the command is to go into all the, the nations and, and then to teach them uh, to observe all that he has commanded to us. And so when it says there to baptize people, that just falls in line with all the other commands that are given in this passage here. There's no way around it. A significant part of believing in and following Jesus is the call, the command to get baptized. Even if he never gave us a reason why, which he's going to do in just a minute here, it would be enough that he said, do it. And though some of you don't like that, here's how I know you believe that. You do the same thing with your own kids, right? I mean, if you ask your kid to do something, no, let's say it's stronger. If you tell your kid to do something and the kid says, why? I know every one of you at some point has said, because I said so. And if the kid says, why? You get even firmer, because I said so. And again, no kid likes hearing that, but every parent loves saying it. And God has said it to us. He has said, why get baptized? <laughs> because I said so, and I want you to do it. But God's a good parent, so he gives us even more. And this is the second thing that we need to know about why baptism, and that is that it acts as a symbol of identifying with the passion of Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that, because this is the heart of it all. It acts as a symbol of identifying with the passion of Christ. So look at Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, probably the quintessential passage on baptism in the New Testament. And this is what it says. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so don't miss the image and the identification that is being laid out here. As I stand in front of this pool here, in just a few minutes, our baptismal candidates, wouldn't it be funny if I fell in, the baptismal candidates are, are going to come into these waters, and you're going to see a pastor take that, that baptismal candidate, and they're going to go under the water, identifying with the burial of Jesus, the death of Jesus on a cross for our sins, and then come up out of the water, you get the image here? Identifying with the resurrection of Jesus that gives us new life. Baptism is a symbol. It's a word picture, if you will, a very powerful one that allows the person to say, I identify with Jesus. I personalize what Jesus has done for me in his death on a cross for my sins and his resurrection from the dead. And please know, because this is really important, it's the act of faith of the person being baptized that matters most. There is nothing magical about these waters. In fact, I'll tip my hand right now. It's filled with Scottsdale tap water. There's nothing, we haven't blessed it, we haven't done anything like that. It's water. It's a pool. It's a normal, everyday pastor person that will be doing the baptizing. Nothing magical about that. What is powerful is the person being baptized. 
and the choice that they're making to identify through faith with Jesus and his death on a cross for their sins by going down in the water and then coming up out of the water, identifying new life with Jesus through his resurrection. And so make no mistake, each person being baptized here today, whether it's a little kid or an old adult, it has made a conscious, intentional decision to believe in and follow Jesus Christ. And now this act of baptism allows him or her to identify with Jesus based on a decision that they've already made. And it's a celebration if there ever was one. You hopefully will clap after each person comes out of the water, because in our culture that shows celebration, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to whistle. It's okay to cheer. It's okay to say, way to go, because it's a huge moment, a worshipful moment for the person being baptized, showing their identification with Jesus. And then because this is usually done with other believers and even seekers looking on, there's a third why to baptism, and that is that it allows believers to profess publicly their faith in Christ. Baptism is hardly ever done alone. I guess technically it could be, but you'd need somebody to baptize you, so there'd at least be two of you. But usually we do it in the context of the community of believers because it allows other people to join in the party. It allows you and me to share in the joy of this person's faith and trust in Jesus. So why baptism? Don't ever forget this, gang. It's an act of obedience. Jesus told us to do it. It's a symbol of identifying with Jesus and, his, and our faith in him. It shows that we're his followers. And it allows us to formally and publicly profess our faith in Jesus uh, and share it with those who experience it with us. That's why. And the Bible is crystal clear on all of these things. And now we all get it. Now, the other two questions flow quite easily from this first one, because that was really the hardest one. So question number two is who should then get baptized? And now you're going to get this statement. Baptism is for all believers. Give me a head now that that would make sense after what we just looked at, but for believers only. This, I can't say it more clearly. Baptism, once you understand what it's about, is for all believers but for believers only. And what you need to know is that this is clearly the New Testament pattern for baptism that we see in the Bible. In the New Testament, we see a pattern that once a person comes to conscious faith in Jesus Christ, once they choose to follow him, then they likewise choose to get baptized. This is clear in the book of Acts. Uh, when Peter preached his very first sermon in Jerusalem as the New Testament church was just starting out, many believed that day and came to faith in Christ. And look at what Peter does with all of this. This is Acts 2, verses 38 and 41. It says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. <laughs> so 3,000 people got baptized in Jerusalem as the church was just starting out. 
And so let's break this down so we're clear on what's happening here. It's saying, in the name of Jesus, you have forgiveness of sins. So forgiveness of sins here is tied to belief in the name of Jesus. And once you have done that, the command, as we've seen, is to be baptized. So baptism is a response to believing in Jesus. And it was for everyone who had consciously and intentionally decided to follow Jesus and now identifies with his death and his resurrection. And again, this isn't a one-off. We see this again in Acts chapter 8 when Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, leads a group of people to faith in Samaria, north of Jerusalem. And it says this in verse 12. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were, say this word with me, baptized, both men and women. So again, just simply note, gang, they believed and they were baptized, just like we saw in Acts chapter 2. And so maybe now, you can understand, going back to my story from my life that I started with earlier, why I chose to get baptized for a third time. To put it bluntly, the first two didn't count. I mean, I baptized as a baby. Some traditions do that, and they have biblical reasons as to why. But as I've looked closely at the scriptures, it seems that the pattern is very clear that baptism is a response to those who believe. So when I was baptized as a baby, there's no way I could consciously choose to believe. And so though my parents meant well in that, I felt, based on the biblical evidence, that I needed to choose to get baptized again. And my parents understood that. They got that. In fact, the reason they baptized me as a kid was in the hopes that someday I would choose to follow Jesus. And I did. And so my baptism as a young adult was simply a fulfillment of their original wishes. And I explained that to my mom and dad, and they bought it, and they came to my baptism. And that was a good thing. But then when I was baptized at 12, as we already said, why did I get baptized when I was 12? Because of a little blonde girl. That's hardly believing in Jesus. So that one didn't count. It was only after I came to faith in Jesus Christ that now I was ready and, and chose to make, chose make the decision to get baptized. And this is what was explained to me years ago, and it made sense. And then a third and final question, oh, go one more slide, uh, that we want to ask is when should we get baptized? Because some of you are squirming in your seat right now. Let's be real clear on this. Baptism should occur after a person decides to follow Jesus Christ. Again, as we've seen, this is the New Testament pattern. You believe in Christ and you get baptized after you come to faith in Christ. And again, you gotta love Christians because they always ask, well then, what is the minimum age? You ever had somebody ask you that? Like how young can somebody be to be baptized? And you know what my answer is to that? I really haven't the foggiest idea how young or old somebody can be. Theologians call it an age of accountability where somebody can make a rational, conscious, intentional decision to follow Jesus. But give me a head nod that y'all understand every kid is different, right? So what we've decided to do here at Scottsdale Bible Church is a couple of things. One, and first and foremost, we leave it up to the parent. 
And we say to a parent that if your child wants to get baptized here, that's gonna be between you and your parent. But here's what we offer you. If you want, we would offer to have a pastor meet with your child to discern whether he or she has truly made a decision that they will remember for the rest of their lives to follow Jesus Christ. And then secondly, when your child gets baptized, we're gonna ask him or her to write out their testimony, maybe with the parent's help, and that testimony is gonna be read on their baptismal day. And if they're not ready for that, if they can't give a testimony of faith in Christ, then maybe we should wait, and that's okay. And given those kind of parameters, we have baptized kids who are eight. We've baptized kids that are seven. We've even baptized little ones. We've had to lift, hold up on the water here. But they have made conscious decisions between them and their parents to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Because again, that's the most respectful way to do this. And the only thing I would add here is this. And this is what's going to make some of you squirm. But man, you've got to wrestle with this today as you watch these baptisms. And that is that every believer should be baptized in response to his or her faith in Jesus Christ. That's what I got when I was 19 years old. That's what caused me to pursue a third times a charm approach to baptism. And I've been wrestling for 35 years with why some people wait. Why is it that some people decide to follow Jesus and literally are, are good followers of Christ, but the second you mention baptism, they just put that wall up? Maybe it's because of fear. They don't like being in front of a lot of people. Maybe it's because of ignorance. They didn't know what we're talking about here today. Maybe it's because of timing. They're waiting for something. I don't know. There's lots of reasons why. But at some point, we each need to stop digging our heels in and own whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. And if you are, then you need to choose to be baptized if for no other reason than he has commanded you to do it. And again, I hope that maybe as a result of today, and you seeing some people baptized today, that this summer we'll have a rush on baptisms. As some of you say, it's my turn now. Because in closing, here's what I want to go back to. When I finally got what baptism was about, when I finally understood why we do this, when I was 19 years old in a swimming pool in Burton, Ohio, because my church didn't have a baptismal tank like this, I will never forget that day of going down in the water and thinking of Christ's death on a cross for my sins and then coming up out of the water and recognizing that he rose again to give me victory in life as I walk with him. And then looking out and seeing my mom and my dad there, I saw a woman that I would eventually even marry there named Kim who grew up in my hometown. It was an amazing day for me, my baptism day, as it will be for the 15 or so people that are gonna be baptized in this service in just a few minutes. Let's join in their celebration. Let's join in their joy and let's celebrate as a church together now. Would you bow with me and let's pray. Father God, I thank you for uh, this time we've had, short time in your word, uh, to look at some very relevant scriptures that clearly tell us why get wet. Why even have baptism in the first place? And God, I for one thank you for this command that Jesus was very clear to be baptized in response to following him. And God, we're gonna see a little bit over a dozen people in this service right now 
choose to enter these waters. And each one has a story that we're gonna get a glimpse of. And God, we celebrate what you've done in their lives. I pray that this would be a day they never forget. This would be a day that as they go in these waters, that they would see this as a defining moment between them and you of faith expressed and of joy in the community of faith. So we thank you for this time and for your presence with us. We invite that now in Jesus' holy and precious name. And we say together,